eaten peaches at the roadside stand. Light and dark casters, with unique and powerful gifts, were locked in an eternal struggle, a supernatural civil war without any hope of a white flag waving. Lena's Gatlin was home to demons and danger and a curse that had marked her family for more than a hundred years. And the closer I got to Lena, the closer her Gatlin came to mine. A few months ago, I believed nothing would ever change in this town. Now I knew better, and I only wished it was true. Because the second I fell in love with a caster girl, no one I loved was safe. Lena thought she was the only one cursed, but she was wrong. It was our curse now. February 15th. Perpetual Peace. The rain dripping off the brim of Amma's best black hat, Lena's bare knees hitting the thick mud in front of the grave, the pinpricks on the back of my neck that came from standing too close to so many of Macon's kind, incubuses, demons who fed off the memories and dreams of mortals like me as we slept, the sound they made unlike anything else in the universe when they ripped open the last bit of dark sky and disappeared just before dawn, as if they were a pack of black crows taking off from a power line in perfect unison. That was Macon's funeral. I could remember the details as if it had happened yesterday, even though it was hard to believe some of it had happened at all. Funerals were tricky like that and life, I guess. The important parts you blocked out altogether, but the random, slanted moments haunted you, replaying over and over in your mind. What I could remember. Amma waking me up in the dark to get to his garden of perpetual peace before dawn. Lena frozen and shattered, wanting to freeze and shatter everything around her. Darkness in the sky and in half the people standing around the grave, the ones who weren't people at all. But behind all that, there was something I couldn't remember. It was there, lingering in the back of my mind. I had been trying to think of it since Lena's birthday, her sixteenth moon, the night Macon died. The only thing I knew was that it was something I needed to remember. The morning of the funeral, it was pitch black outside, but patches of moonlight were shining through the clouds into my open window. My room was freezing, and I didn't care. I had left my window open the last two nights since Macon died, like he might just show up in my room and sit down in my swivel chair and stay a while. I remembered the night I saw him standing by my window in the dark. That's when I found out what he was not a vampire or some mythological creature from a book, as I had suspected, but a real demon, one who could have chosen to feed on blood, but chose my dreams instead. Macon Melchizedek Ravenwood. To the folks around here, he was Old Man Ravenwood, the town recluse. He was also Lena's uncle, and the only father she had ever known. I was getting dressed in the dark when I felt the warm pull from inside that meant Lena was there. L. Lena spoke up from the depths of my mind 
as close as anyone could be and about as far away. Kelting, our unspoken form of communication. The whispering language casters, like her, had shared long before my bedroom had been declared south of the Mason-Dixon line. It was the secret language of intimacy and necessity, born in a time when being different could get you burned at the stake. It was a language we shouldn't have been able to share because I was a mortal. But for some inexplicable reason, we could, and it was the language we used to speak the unspoken and the unspeakable. I can't do this. I'm not going. I gave up on my tie and sat back down on my bed, the ancient mattress springs crying out beneath me. You have to go. You won't forgive yourself if you don't. For a second, she didn't respond.